Sheets, it's been a while, you guys. Busy. Um, truck troubles. Weather. You know, normal people problems. But here's... <laughs> I'm going to give a little post-show about the past two UFC events. And then I'll give a, another podcast about uh, my therapy journey so far, which some people have been asking for since I started going to a therapist. And I think it's been uh, helping at least my brain. Not, I don't know if it's helping anything else overall, but I still got a lot of light, life to live. So, All right, so UFC 284, um, first off, all my picks were right, except for the Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Menafield, because it ended up being a majority draw, uh, because I can't remember, but somebody grabbed the fence, and I was like, really? I would have been perfect for all my picks. But either way, Justin Taffa, Jack Della Maddalena, Yair Rodriguez, and Islam Mahachev all won, and it did not go without a hitch, so... I'm just going to talk about the co-main and the main event because those have real good implications about stuff coming up. And let's see. Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. Boy, was that supposed to be a barn burner. Um, Yair came out hot with kicks. He did not. (laughs) And it was funny. I can't remember um, who I was listening to that talked about it. But they're talking about it's unfortunate that Josh Emmett is white because every time he gets kicked, he changes colors <laughs> and he got kicked in the ribs often. And then uh, he eventually got finished on on the floor uh, in the second round. With that being said, uh, Yair Rodriguez is now the um, interim uh, featherweight champion while Alexander Volkanovsky was fighting Islam on the same card. In which that fight was incredible. One of the best fights I've seen in a long time. I can't give it the best fight I've seen in my life moniker. Just because, you know, I've seen a lot of great fights and I would have to look through the catalog of great fights overall and... But you would have not seen the fight go the way that it did. Uh, Volkanovski did a bang-up job not getting submitted by Islam. Uh, There's a lot of controversy. Well, I wouldn't say a lot of controversy, but people thought it was a robbery. Um, To me, I wouldn't say it was clear... That Islam won. But you could tell that Islam won. If that makes sense. I think he ended up having. Let me see. His striking percentage was better. Obviously the takedowns. And I think it was that big round four. Where he had um, Alex on his back the whole time. While trying to get a submission. Not necessarily just. Laying and praying, like most people say that the Dagestan wrestling is, which to that I always say, why don't he just get up? Why don't he just have better wrestling defense? But Alex pretty much did. Alex stuffed a lot of his takedowns. They're counting nine, and he stuffed five of them. 
Now, there's a lot of stuff that are kind of like trips or something that they don't really get counted as takedown attempts. But uh, I think Volkanovski's wrestling defense is what ultimately slightly hindered him from uh, winning this fight because he had to spend so much energy. I know he is, it says he threw almost twice as many strikes, 255 to 135. But <clears throat> when it comes down to it, when you're defending a takedown, you could just be throwing to keep him off you instead of throwing to uh, make damage. And he did get some good strikes uh, off his back, when uh, not off of his back, but when Islam was on his back to him. And everybody was like, hey, man, we need to stand him up. But Islam was fighting the hands, trying to get the rear naked, uh, trying to do something. He was he was trying to get a submission of some sort. But Alex just couldn't do anything about it. Uh, but it wasn't a robbery. Now, you could say because his wrestling defense was so good then maybe you could give him a nod. But Islam was pretty much in control of the majority of the fight. In my eyes, obviously I'm a little biased because I like Dagestani wrestling. But again, I always watch with the sound off. And it just looked like he had more control. Now the fifth round, 100% Alex. Because he's got that gas tank and he let it rip and gave Islam a little bit of a fit. Gave him a little shiner on the on the bottom of his eye too. But that could have been any other round and Islam was pretty good on the feet and pretty good on the floor. I want to say ultimately it's because he has the four takedowns, one being one entire round. Uh... Alex has zero. I think he had a little bit of control time, but not enough to significantly alter the fight. I actually want to look up the real stats to this. But while I'm looking, there wa it wasn't without controversy now. Some, I can't, oh, it was Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker went out on Twitter and exclaimed that Islam used an illegal IV. Uh, he hired a private nurse. They flew her out. Her, him or her, I don't know. They flew them out to Australia. And they used an illegal IV outside of USADA. Which, if you guys know, IV use is illegal, period. Like, there's no way to get a TUE to use an, uh, an IV. Because once you have to use an IV, you are deemed medically unable to fight for any reason. Obviously, if you're cutting that much weight and you need an IV, well, then you shouldn't be fighting, right? You shouldn't be fighting at all. But using an IV outside of USADA's uh, parameters is like the biggest no-no. And people kept saying, oh, he used an IV, he's a cheat, he's a cheat. And obviously, if if you are a Twitter person, I'm halfway a Twitter person because I have this podcast. And now I just kind of want to 
throw some information out there. Although I haven't been on in a little while, uh, Ali Abdelaziz posted like, oh, he can use this much, this much, this much, and then delete the tweet. So then I had to look up the actual rule. So out IV use in general is illegal 100%. There is, however, a clause where that you can use IV outside of fight camp because of training. Like if you medically need an IV unless, you know, having surgery or whatnot. Uh, but any other time... IV use is 100% illegal, and even if you actually need it, as in like emergency needs, you have to report it to USADA, or you're going to fail for the plastics in your blood if you if you so happen to have to take a drug test right afterwards. So there's a big hubbub about this, that, and this, and that, but it's funny, because all that beef was only... Uh, Twitter finger people. If you look at Islam and Alex, they were just like, hey man, that was a good fight. Maybe we should run that back because it was a great fight. And not necessarily like, hey, you used IV, so we need to punish you. Hey, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. Which, to me, it doesn't make sense. Why would he use an IV when they've known it's been illegal? It's been illegal for a long time. It's not anything new. So when that rumor came up, first off, how does Dan Hooker, by himself, know this information, right? How does he have information privy to uh, Islam hiring a private nurse to run an IV drip for him? I just find that kind of weird that the first person that reported it was somebody from Alexander Volkanovsky's camp that, first off, lost to him. Second, had nothing to do with the actual fight itself. It was like, was he just salty that he won? I mean, it's not like it wasn't anything wrong, right? Like, he didn't do anything illegal. He wasn't talking trash. And I'm talking about Islam. Islam wasn't talking trash. He wasn't downing anybody from his team. If anything, he had so much praise for Alex. You see the amount of pictures they took afterwards and them talking in the ring. Like, there was no animosity And the trash talk that they did prior to the fight was just that. Hey, man, we're going to have a great fight. Hype up the fight, blah, blah, blah. Nothing wild. So it it comes, it, it gets weird. Because when the two fighters are fighting, they're fighting. Like, they're actually fighting. They're actually scrapping it out, trying to figure out who the winner is. And, you know, as the opponent, you can think you've won. That's there's nothing wrong with that thought process. <clears throat> Sorry. There's nothing wrong with having that thought. Hey, I think I won. Maybe if I would have done this or that. Or even when just like he put out, he was like, I rewatched the tape and I definitely won that. Let's run it back. Right? There's nothing wrong with saying that. And then same thing with Islam. He's like, I don't think you won. When I watch the tape, I see this, this, and this. Okay, fine. Two elite fighters reviewing their fights and thinking they won. Who would have thought that a professional fighter would think the other thing? But for Ali to come out 
and say, oh, he's supposed to, he can use Ivy when you didn't know the, the rule. And then for Dan Hooker to say, oh, he hired a private nurse to use an IV. Well, you know, why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. Especially if you did lose to the guy. And then uh, are you just salty? Who knows? I never understood that. Islam winning against Alex does nothing for his career. You already lost. If you want to get a rematch, go right ahead. Step up. Win some fights. But that was kind of weird either way. But I am ready to see Yair Rodriguez versus Alex Alexander Volkanovsky. That is going to be a great fight. Yair is a wild striker. He was doing question mark kicks with a right hook hidden behind it. He was doing a, a left body kick with a left hook, a left uppercut. I was just like, geez, how is he winning? And to a couple of my casual friends that uh, that follow fighting because of me, but they don't follow fighting because they love it. And I was telling them, Josh Emmett can erase Yair in one shot. But he has to get close enough to uh, release that power. And he never really got to. He he caught him a couple times. And it, it kind of looked like he was in a little bit of trouble. But there was never a point in the fight where I thought Yair was going to lose. Um, I thought he might be in a little bit of trouble. But not like he, not like he was about to lose. So when uh when he kept kicking him though man those ribs it, it was like his body language immediately changed he had no want to to leave his body open and then he started kind of winging hooks you know when so I've never been a fighter so I'm just assuming that this is how you feel but when you don't think you have more of a chance to win you kind of just pull out your best move, the most power, and hope that you can set him up enough to connect. And Josh Emmett did a couple times, but it was not enough to deal with uh, Yair striking, which is unfortunate because that might have been Josh Emmett's last true run to try to get to the title, and he'd been on a, a good win streak. I actually want to check that out. Let's see. UFC 284, Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. Let's look up Josh Emmett. All right. Yeah, he was on a five-fight win streak prior to um, losing to Yair. Sorry about that, folks. I've been having some... Congestion, so there's no pause in the podcast. It was only a pause for me, but man, I started <laughs> I started coughing, and I, I noticed I didn't have any water. But getting back to it, yeah, uh, Josh Emmett was on a five fight win streak, and he only lost to uh, Jeremy Stevens, who also has a great eraser, just like uh, Josh Emmett does. So we're now. He, how old is he? I think he's 38. Born 1985. What does that make him? I'm not, oh, 37. Okay. I wasn't trying to do math. 
Uh, yeah, he's 37, so that might be closing in on, you know, his last true run at the title. I mean, he goes, he's 11-0 and and loses to Desmond Green. Then he wins two and loses to Jeremy Stevens. And he's not, uh, if you're not a real fight fan, I wouldn't say you know Josh Emmett. He's not like a super popular guy. He's just a great fighter, respected, respectable. But he doesn't really talk a whole, in, in my eyes to me, compared to some fighters. He doesn't talk a whole lot of trash. He just puts in work and then, you know, gets it done. And he fights a guy like Yair Rodriguez who's like one of the best strikers almost in the entirety of the UFC and and he's 8 years his um 8 years younger than Josh Emmett so when he has wins over Brian Ortega barely loses over barely loses to Max Holloway um after taking 2 years off uh beat Jeremy Stevens loses to Frankie Edgar because he thinks he's all high and mighty. I was at that fight. That's when you thought Frankie Edgar was trying to make a real good comeback back in 2017. Which uh, obviously didn't end up doing so great after that. But, you know, we love Frankie. Shout out to your retirement. Hope everything is well. But Yair is supposed to be that next guy. Him and uh, Magomed Sharipov. Which he retired to be... Uh, doctor back in russia those two were supposed to be the next big things and they would not fight each other i don't know if it was the ufc i don't know if it was yair or zabit but they never made it happen in the fight so my picks were good um everything went the way i thought you know it wasn't too surprising Alex's uh, wrestling defense surprised me. And Islam's striking is getting better and better. You're not going to be scared of it, but you have to respect it. Because if you don't, you're getting taken down. There's a couple of takedowns with Islam being so much taller than Alex. I don't understand how he got them done. He was trying to get some gator rolls, ankle picks. He, I think he threw a hook into an ankle pick. I'm like, how'd you not see that, Alex? You're closer to the ground than Islam was. <coughs> but, man, they got it done. Hopefully, they both defend their titles a couple times and then come back and uh, run it back again. That was a great fight. I would love to see that again. Um, hats off to everybody. Can't wait to see Yair versus Alex. I don't know who Islam got next, but you know, it's going to be a banger. And then I just wanted to talk about one fight, or I guess two fights. Two fights on this previous uh, UFC fight, and I just got Andrade versus Aaron Blanchfield and Jim Miller versus Alex uh, Alex Hernandez. So I'll start with the the uh, last fight, Alex Hernandez versus Jim Miller. First off, I didn't know Jim Miller was still fighting. And if you're not a real fight fan, okay, not a real fight fan, not a real big fight fan... Jim Miller used to go to war. He's 39. What's his record? Let's see. A10. Jim A10 Miller. 35 and 17. Man, he's been... 
He's been everywhere, past everything. Donald Cerrone, Benio Darius, Michael Chiesa, Diego Sanchez, Takanori Gomi, Joe Lozon, Tiago Alves, Dustin Poirier, Anthony Pettis, Francisco Trinaldo, Dan Hooker, Alex White, Charles Oliveira, Jason Gonzalez. So if you notice all these names, he's fought everybody who is everybody. Uh, I don't think he ever got to a, a, a title, but man, he was always fun to watch. But Alex Hernandez finally found something to work off of and got a win off a short notice fight. Get him back in the win column, you know. Alexander Hernandez is one of those fighters where he's good, but he's not great. And what I mean by that is he's, you can tell that he wants to be great. But sometimes it's might it might be a little bit of ego. Sometimes it might be lack of training. Sometimes it's lack of focus. So a lot of these fights, he's not losing because he's getting beat badly. He's losing because he kind of just doesn't pay attention. Uh, let something sneak by him where he's not really, you know, he should be here versus there. You know, the zig versus zag. But... Against Jim Miller, that's a solid win off a short-notice fight. I don't care if Jim Miller's older than him by almost a decade. Off a short-notice fight where Jim Miller was training and not Alex, that's a big deal. You know, the the short-notice fighter won. And obviously, it's kind of the same thing. Jim Miller might have been training, but he wasn't training for Alex Hernandez. But at least he was more in shape for that fight then Alex could have been. Who knows? Alex might be training 24-7, but he wasn't training for Jim Miller. So hats off to Alex. I really wanted to get to was uh, Jessica Andrade versus Aaron Blanchfield. Man, Aaron Blanchfield was not scared of Jessica Andrade at all. He, she basically came out just like uh, Wei Li did. Just put it on her right away, and she was not scared of her power. Jessica was trying to... Just fight fire with fire and and slowly but surely started drowning. And then uh, Aaron Blanchfield put her on the ground and and tapped her out. I didn't know Jessica Andrade was so young. I could have sworn she was older. So at the time, I thought, man, she's lost to almost everybody up at the top. So she lost to Valentina. She's lost to Rose. She's lost to Zhang Wei Li. She's lost to Joanna. It's kind of hard for her to get back into the title picture if she's losing to only people that are, you know, fighting for the title. And Aaron Blanchfield made a big step up in competition and is now, I I want to say, next in line to fight for the title, <clears throat> which I'm interested to see. Uh, I'm interested to see what she does. Sorry, folks. Um, Let's see. Flyweight. Who is the flyweight champion? Oh, Valentina. Uh, That's terrible. And I think Valentina has a fight coming up. Scroll down. Let's see. You'll see 285. Yes, the one that everybody's waiting for. 
John Jones versus Cyril Gaon. The co-main is Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso. So we'll see between the winner of that fight. Obviously, everybody wants to see John Jones Cyril gone. I will have a preview podcast for that fight for sure. I want to get other people involved too. So I might try to bother some of my fight friends and, and get their perspective. Also, shout out to Jeff Neal, uh, Colleen native or Central Texas native. I won't claim him as Colleen because he's from Harker Heights. But, uh, Man, he's he's got a tall task uh, ahead of him. Shavkat Rachmanov, whoo, brave. But either way, that's the fights for the past two weeks. Nothing too big. This next month is going to be phenomenal. We got March 4th, John Jones, Cyril gone. March 11th, which is a fight night, but it's Peter Yarn versus Marab Dovavshvili. That's supposed to be a barn burner. And then March 18th, we got Leon Edwards, Kamara Usman, Justin Gagey, Hafea Fasiv. Man. And then to round out the month of March, we got Marlon Vera, Corey Sandhagen, and Holly Holm returns to action against Yana Kunitskaya. And we got Macy Barber and Andrea Lee. So, good month of fights. It, it's going to be so terrible for me, though, because I got 5K. I'm traveling to Albuquerque. I'm lifting. I might be lifting in a meet in Albuquerque because it's, it's my coach's 25th anniversary as a club owner. So, who knows? Boys got lots to do in the month of March. I hope you guys are having a good year so far. We're about to be in, in uh, month three. Hopefully, you're still striving for your goals. I know I am. I haven't been able to put out YouTube videos because I have to run at night. And as much as I want to not make an excuse, I can't seriously run and also hold a ring light so that you can guys see me struggling. <laughs> I'll keep doing my... You know, post-run videos, but I definitely am not going to record on the GoPro and uh, with a ring light in the middle of a neighborhood. That's just annoying. I can't do that. Either way, I'll holler at y'all later. Peace out.